Yo, you know what, I was gonna try and be cool. I am so gassed to be here right now. Honestly, like, let me, let, let me, yeah, it's, I've got a couple reasons why. The first reason, honestly, this is, I've been coming here since I was nine. That's 60. <laughs> my math ain't my strong point, in it? I think this is my 16th new day. Something like that, 15, 16. I've been here since the very start, since before most of you were born. I'm a veteran. Been out here. I remember the first year when we came and we got flooded out. Anyone remember that? Yeah. I remember going home and saying, I am never coming back to this place again because it rained so much. It was horrible. But I came back and I came back and I came back. And we've been, I've, honestly, anything you think you've done at New Day, I've probably done it before. I was, I probably annoyed a few of you. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the audience right now that are thinking, how on earth is that guy preaching right now? Because I wasn't necessarily the one that was concentrating the most or anything like that. I remember one time, you know, back in the day, it was kind of hard to charge your phone around here. So one day I just, oh, I, well, maybe still today, innit? But one day I, I unplugged the bouncy castle so I could charge my phone. <laughs> Stuff like that. Just not really thinking. Not really thinking. I've been here for years, but let, let me tell you why this is even more significant. Why this moment for me is even more significant. It's nothing to do with, you know, me being here for so many years and this and that. Really, it's to do with something that happened right here in 2012. You see, I was there sitting down with my, me and five of my boys. There's Femi, there's Toby, there's Eric, there's Cash. My guy's there. And we, we, we're sitting around and we're praying and there's a time of where the Holy Spirit really just broke in. And as we're praying, someone called Livy Gibbs came up and she, she had her eyes closed, and I didn't really know too much about her, but she, she said, sorry, guys, God is just giving me words for all of you. And she had her eyes closed, and we just closed her eyes, and she started prophesying. She started prophesying over each and every one of us, and she started coming out with these things about we are, God's given us a mandate to implement this, this kingdom culture every single place that we go. That she sees five pillars. She sees five pillars there, and that God wants to use us for his kingdom, use us for his kingdom. And I remember she said something. She said, and the person that's got green writing on their top, God's saying to you that, that he, he wants you to use your voice. He wants you to preach. He wants you to bring the word. I remember it clearly. In fact, we recorded it, and one of my boys forwarded it to me the other day. She said that, and I thought, I looked across, and I saw my brother wearing a green T-shirt, and I was like, my guy. Because he's a talker, and he's a great preacher. And I, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's him, that's him. And then it was later on in that evening when I got back to my tent, and I looked down at my top, and I realized, oh, he had a green top on, but I had green writing on my top. And I thought, hey, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not a speaker. I wasn't, I wasn't that person, but... She prophesied over it. So imagine for a second, that person in 2012 is now standing here on this stage right now and is about to bring the word to Nudo. You see, when, when the Holy Spirit walks in the room and when Jesus is involved, you know, things change. The room can never be the same when Jesus walks in. And when Jesus spoke into my life then, things started to change. And I'm here right now to tell all of you, not one or two of you, to tell all of you that God made you with a purpose in his kingdom so that you could be instruments and vessels for him in his kingdom. No one here was made by accident. You understand? No one here was made, you know, oh my gosh, whoops, I, I didn't remember making that one or I didn't remember making that one. No, no, no. God made each and every single person on purpose to fit, fill a purpose in his kingdom. 
So, you know the Lord's Prayer where we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, and it says, Thy kingdom come. God wants us to be instruments in his kingdom to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to use us to do that. Each and every one of us have a job to do to bring kingdom culture. Oh, I'm even wearing the t-shirt. Man. Kingdom <laughs> culture. He wants us to bring kingdom culture here on earth. A culture for the kingdom. And we're, we're going to do that, but first we need to have a kingdom mindset. Amen? We need to have a mindset of those who are in the kingdom and living for the kingdom. And that's exactly where we're going today. But first, I just want to pray, then we're going to get into the Bible, then I'm going to start preaching. So just bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever it is that you need to do to calm your heart. Redirect your heart towards Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done, and I thank you for what you continue to do. I thank you that you made us as instruments in your kingdom, that you made us on purpose, with a purpose, Lord God. And as I preach here today, as I bring your word, I pray that you would speak. I pray that your spirit will come, Lord God, and that Jesus will be glorified in this place today. I pray that you'll change the hearts and minds of each and every individual in this tent right now, and even the ones that are outside, Lord God, because we have a job to do, Lord God. Use us as instruments, we pray in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have your Bibles, look at the person next to you. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 21. Verse 21. Someone make a noise when you found it. You guys are holy. Love that. All right. Verse 21. This is Jesus foretelling his death. He's talking to Peter. He says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. You sh these things shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. For you are setting your things, you're not setting your, your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. We're going to get into that scripture a little bit later. But first, I, I want to unpack what it means to have a kingdom mindset. A mindset is just like a state of, a state of mind, a, a set of thoughts that try and accomplish a certain idea or thing, right? That's a mindset. And a kingdom mindset is just that. It's a way of thinking where every single step you take is in step with the kingdom of God. It's on your mind. But there are certain things that people, us, Christians, ambassadors of Christ can do to ensure that we keep and have and walk in this kingdom mindset. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say kingdom mindset. All right. First point for you, first point if you're taking notes is this. You have to see with kingdom eyes. See with kingdom eyes. Now, my eyes are, they're not great. I can see about three rows. Everyone else, I'm pretending. I'm just moving my head around acting like I can see you, but I can't really see anything. But I need to go to the opticians, right? And when you go to the opticians, they give you these glasses, and glasses can have different lenses on them. Some of them, you put them on, and you, you can see things really far away, but you can't see things close to your eyes. And then some of these lenses that you put on, you can see things really close to your eyes, but things far away turn into a myth. You can't see any of it. Now, when it comes to you living by the things that you see, your sight, your view of the world, there are two lenses you can wear. There's the earthly lens, and there's the kingdom lens. So that first point of you need to see with these kingdom eyes, you need to live with these kingdom eyes on you, 
we're going to look at the two different ways that you can look. One is earth, one is kingdom. Now, the earthly mindset, the earthly eyes, you live by facts, logic and facts and logic and facts and logic and facts. Whereas the kingdom, you're living by truth. Truth being God's opinion on anything. Truth is what God says. You live by truth if you're in the kingdom. You see by truth if you're in the kingdom. But in the world, you live by facts and logic. It's like the earth is a physical reality, whereas the way you see in the kingdom of God is through a spiritual reality. It's like when you're on earth, you base everything off how you're feeling, but when you're in the kingdom, you base everything off of what God says. There are two parallels, there's two lenses, there's two ways of seeing things. Let me, let me make it more, more real to you. When I say facts versus truth, fact, you, you, you've got a toothache. Anyone else had a toothache before? Yeah, it happens, it happens. Speak. Fact is that you have a toothache. And that's true and you can feel it, but the truth behind it is that you eat too much sugar, you don't brush your teeth enough, and if you carry on doing that, you're going to suffer some kind of pain, some more pain, and then some loss. You see, the fact versus the truth. Another one, if, you, if anyone ever had a crack in their wall, a crack in their wall, you have to call someone that comes and plasters that over. Now, you can have a crack in your wall, and the fact is, there's a crack in my wall. And you can try and plaster it over, but what's going to happen a few years later? That, that crack's going to reappear. Why? Because the fact was that there's a crack on the wall, but the truth really is that there's a problem with the foundations of the building that you're in. And you need to fix that and level that thing out before that crack disappears. There's a root problem to it. Or maybe, let me make it more personal to you. Fact. School sucks. All right. Wow. Any teachers, I apologize. But to a lot of us, to a lot of us, we don't necessarily enjoy those things. But, and if this is for you, and I'm speaking to someone, I'm sure here, where they really don't like school, but the truth might be that God wants you to implement a kingdom culture in that place and therefore change your whole school's opinion of Christ and bring them into the kingdom. Fact versus truth. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's other facts versus truth. We can talk about someone that's born in a really tough home. Like I know some of you were. Some of you are currently in really, really tough homes where it's hard. That's a fact. It makes you feel down and feel sad. That's a fact. But maybe, just maybe the truth is that there's a kid 10 years from now that you're going to meet who is going through something that you've come out of. And God wants you to use your experience right now and come out of it to influence that person and that person's going to influence someone else and influence someone else and influence someone else. Fact versus truth. Fact is feeling. Truth is faith. Me, the fact was I failed exams. The truth was I'm not a failure. You know what I mean? Or those people in here that you might be feeling lonely. The, the truth is you are not alone. Amen? Amen. You are not alone. Fact versus truth. You see... Having a kingdom mindset, it says in 2 Corinthians that it's to live by faith and not by sight. It means we live, by we live our life by asking the question, wait, what did God say about that? Wait, but, but what did God say? But, but what did God say? It's a bit like when someone, someone says that you're useless. I've had that one before, it hurts. But in that moment, I'm asking, wait, but what did God say? I am more than a conqueror. That's the truth. Or, 
or maybe you're, you're feeling pain. You're going to bed one night, you're crying your eyes out and you're feeling that pain is true. You feel it, it's a fact. But what does the Bible say? There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, someone might have called you ugly. But you can say, oh, but I am fearfully and wonderfully. You see that? Or, or, or something else. It's like, this is a real one. When you're, I think in today's day and age, we worry and stress about a lot of things. There's a lot of anxiety. You're worrying, you're worrying about what to eat and what to drink and what to wear and all of these things that you're worrying about. Exams and family situation. But you read Matthew chapter 6 and it says, don't worry. No, instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, come on, say it, all these things will be added onto you. See, we are people, if you're living with a kingdom mindset, you're someone that's living with kingdom eyes, you see things from a different perspective. Yes, the facts may be true, yes, the feelings may be true, but we have someone who has a say over all of it, amen? And his name is Jesus Christ. Number one is when you see with kingdom eyes. Number two is when you walk with a kingdom walk. Ooh. What's a kingdom, kingdom walk? Now, I study physiotherapy, right? And one of, the things that they taught, one of the things that they taught us was everyone has a different posture, everyone has a different walk, right? You, you know that, though, because when you're in your house and someone walks up the stairs, you know exactly who it is, yeah? Or when you, when you see someone from far away, you can't see their face, you can't see the details, but you just know who that person is just by how they walk. Now I'm from London, there's a lot of different walks in London. There's a lot of different walks, like, anytime I'm going down to watch football, Arsenal, it's, you see the Cockney, the Cockney lads walking. They're always, they kind of do this, this walk, you know what I mean? And even when they're standing still, they're, they're still walking. Yeah, you're right, Gish. yeah, you're right, Gish. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's the Cockney London walk, or... Or you see the politician walk, a bit posh. They never smile at you with their teeth. They always have their mouth closed. That's the politician walk. Man, are in a rush. Or maybe you got the girl that thinks she's nice and everything seems to move in slow motion when they Maybe it's that walk. Or in London, you got the mandem walk as well. What are you saying? What are you saying? They're always looking for something, isn't it? There's all these different kinds of walks that you see when you're in London now. That's because there's different bodies, there's different people, everyone has a different walk. Now, again, let me tell you, there's two walks. There's two walks. There's the earthly walk and there's the kingdom walk. Earthly people, we walk, they walk in a certain way. And that's because there's the body of earth and there's the body of the kingdom. In Colossians chapter 3, it talks about Put on the new self. When you put on the new self, you're part of a new body. And if you're in a new body, you walk in a new way. And if you're to have a kingdom mindset, you need to, first of all, know how this body walks. And then you've got to walk like it. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to give you guys some homework today, actually. I know, I know, I know. I just cussed out school, but... Yeah. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Now... I would, I would encourage you to read the whole section, but this is talking about certain things, certain characteristics that you see in the walk of the kingdom. 
Now, when you're walking as a normal person, we get taught about there's certain things you do, like when your, your hips moving and how they move their knee and when your heel strikes the floor and all of these different things. There's different characteristics to each and every person's walk. And now when you have the, ki- the, the, the earthly kingdom, there's, a certain, there's characteristics that get exuded from within people. But when you're part of the kingdom, there's also these kind of characteristics. Verse 22, people there? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, greatness, and self-control. There's nine different fruits of the Spirit. There's nine different characteristics of those who walk in the Spirit, those who walk with a kingdom mindset. These are different things that we should be looking to portray in our lives. The homework I have for you is to read over them and pray over them and memorize them because that's what I did. I wanted to see, how do I walk as a Christian? How do I do better as a Christian? Really? You try and implement more of those things. You try and do more of those things, which means that when people are arguing, you're not someone that's egging them on. I used to be a stirrer. Anyone here a stirrer? I can identify them. We were stirrers. I used to sit in the middle of class and one person would say something and someone else would say something else and I'd be like, hey, hey, don't say that. Hey, yo, 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 miss, did you just hear what you said? Hey, Martin, Martin, yeah, I used to stir. But you see, when you cause division, you're not walking like the kingdom, man. You're not walking like the earthly man. You're doing things that the devil wants you to do. It's like those people, where, like when you go out for drinks maybe and you just have a few too many and you're getting drunk, that's something that you see in the earthly man, but it's not something that's meant to be part of the kingdom, man. You see, peace, joy. I want to bring joy to places. I don't want to be someone that walks into places and just kills the vibe and deadens it down and pessimistic and negative. Or you someone that wants to be positive and you understand there's these different things, goodness and kindness. Are you someone that's mean or, or are you trying to actually bring kindness out? Are you trying to be good? These are different things that make up the Christian walk. And you might be thinking, but these things make me look different. Everyone else is walking like this. And you want me to start walking like this? Like actually every single person in my class or everyone in my family is walking like this. They're walking like the earthly man. They're doing the things that the earthly man does. And you want me to start walking in the complete opposite manner? Yeah. Now, it's not small, it's not easy, but you might be thinking, oh, I look different, I look different. You're meant to look different. It says in the Bible that our citizenship is in heaven, which means that we're not from this place. We look a little bit different, and that's fine. You feel lonely, look around you. There's 7,000 other people that are walking in the same way, amen? Mm. When you have that kingdom mindset, you live, you see with them kingdom eyes, you walk with the kingdom walk. Last bit, you, you live for the bigger picture. Live for the bigger picture. Now, I read out a story right at the beginning about <clears throat> Jesus is there and he's, he, he says, he's with his disciples and he's like, look guys, I'm going to have to die. I'm going to die. Basically, these priests, they're going to come, they're going to arrest me, they're going to kill me. Now, you've got to remember, priests, they didn't put their hand to work very much at all. They, they, they were quite soft, allegedly, in those days. They, were, they weren't the bad guys. And Jesus is there saying, I'm going to be killed by those people. I'll resurrect, but I'm going to be killed by those people. And you see Peter. 
Now, Peter was mandem. Those that don't know what mandem is, he was, he was about it. He, was, he wasn't soft, yeah? He wasn't soft at all. He actually had the mandem walk. Just walking around like this, like, yeah. You, you guys don't believe me. Think about it. When, when someone came to arrest Jesus, Peter cut someone's ear off. Like, whoa, all right then. Or you think about when they're on the, when they're on the river and they're in a boat and they see a ghost out and all the disciples are like, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. And Peter's like, what? <laughs> what? There's a what? Ayo, hey, who are you? He's like, Jesus, they're like, yo, it's, 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 it's I. It's, he's like, yeah? If it's you, tell me to come there, innit? If you're bad, tell me to come out of the boat. And so Jesus is like, come, and Peter's out there, he's like, yeah, what, what, oh, oh. And then he starts drowning. You see, Peter was man them like that, yeah? Now, he's in the, I love this story because I find it hilarious. Just before Peter had, had confessed that Jesus is the Christ, he is he's Lord, he's just seen Jesus as God, he finally got it. And then the very next minute, Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to have to die. And then Peter's like, why is he being like this? Yo. <laughs> Jesus, come, let me chat to you, let me chat to you, come, come. Let me chat to you, come. Let me chat to you. And I find it hilarious because a man thought he could, he could pull God to the side. <laughs> the audacity is incre- it's incredible. He pulled, he pulled it to the side. He's like, yo, we ain't gonna ne- we're not going to let nothing happen to you. You know that. We're not going to let them, them take you, fam. Like, we got you. Like, stop saying these things. Like, we, we got you. And he expects Jesus to be like, yes, safe. What that? Yeah, say nothing about you. That's what he expects. But what happened? Jesus didn't say that, did he? Jesus goes, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance. You're a hindrance. Peter's probably thinking, what? what? How? Why? What? But you see, what happens is Peter's eyes were not quite of the kingdom at that minute. He didn't, he didn't quite see the bigger picture. This whole point is you got to live by seeing the bigger picture. He was seeing, no, nah, this is our Messiah. We ain't going to let nothing happen to him. And Jesus is like, you don't understand that if I die, you do forever. You see, sometimes in life, we're in sticky situations where all that we can see is pain, is suffering, is loss, and is failure. But stop for a second and think, wait. What's the bigger picture here? Because I know that I was not made by accident. I know that God did not make me for just pure ruin and bad life. He didn't make me just to literally live and oh, I'm going to go to work and now I'm going to get married and then I'm going to work so hard that I get stressed and I have to work harder to pay for a holiday that, I'm, that I need because I'm stressed about the work that I'm working in and I'm going to do that again and again and again every year and I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have some grandkids and then I'm going to die. Surely God didn't create us just for that. God didn't create us just for that cycle. And in between that, you're feeling pain, pain, pain. There's pain here, there's pain there, there's loneliness, there's stress, there is anxiety. Surely the God didn't make me for this. And in that moment, you got to think, wait, what's the bigger picture? Because I'm made for more. I'm made for more than, than what I'm seeing right now. And that's what Jesus was saying. Yo, in that moment, he's like, you, this, this moment is about more. It's about the bigger picture. Sometimes you've got to step back. You've got to take a kingdom perspective, Amen. You live with them kingdom eyes. You walk with a kingdom walk. You live for the bigger picture. 
Those are the three things that make up a kingdom mindset. Now, I'm going to be 100% real and vulnerable and honest with everyone here. You see, when I used to come to New Day, even when Livy like, gave me that word, I used to hear preachers that I used to think, this is going to change my life. I have a purpose now. I want to live with a kingdom mindset. I want to live to implement kingdom culture everywhere that I go. And after week one, I'm walking around and telling my friends, yo, you really got to come to church. Week two, you really got to come to church. And then there's, I trip over and I mess up somewhere. There's some sin in my life that's pulling me back. And as I decide that I'm going to run for Christ, and it's like, it's something that tugs me back. I know it's true for a lot of people here. Where See, I've joked about my friend, with my friends about having a, the New Day spiritual high. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, yeah, we're going for God. We're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. And then the devil's in your ear like, no, you're not. <laughs> the devil's in your ear like, oh, but you're still a sinner. For me, I was addicted to pornography, you see. And what that meant was that I would go home and be like, you know what? I'm done with it. Never again. My life has changed. I'm living for him. And God knew my heart in that moment. He knew I was being serious. Week one, I'm on it. Week two, I'm on it. Then something happens in life that stresses me out and I'm like, how do we get here again? And the devil's there, just there whispering like, I told you. I told you you're not about it, TJ. I told you you're not a world changer, TJ. I told you you might have a kingdom mindset, but it ain't lasting more than two weeks. It ain't lasting more than three weeks. Messed I got was maybe four weeks. And I would go right back to where I was before I came to New Day. So it's all well and good me talking to you and saying, have the kingdom mindset. And I hope you took notes and I hope you understand that this is a real thing. But if we go home and the devil is just waiting there, waiting for us to mess up again so he can whisper and be like, hey, I told you so. Then this would have been in vain. This would have been in vain. It's like you have an elastic band tied round you. You come home and you run. You're running for Christ. You're running for Christ. And then, boom. It's like, there's something, there's something that you haven't sorted out over there, which means that even though you want, your heart is in the right place. You want to do well for God. You want to change your school. You want to change your family. You want to change all of that. But you're just coming right back because there's something over there that hasn't been dealt with. And that was my thing. See, there are these cords that are in our life. In a lot of our lives, these sins, these things that I describe as pebbles in your shoe. You know when you get a pebble in your shoe, right? And sometimes it can go unseen. A lot of people, you can walk completely fine like, yeah, 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 everything's cool. I could have a pebble in my shoe right now. You want to know? But until, you, when you start running, like you start running for God, like I'm going to start doing this for God, you start running for God, then that pebble starts to cut. It starts to cut and after a while you get injured and you can never go at the pace that God created you to go at. So today... Today, in this place, we're going to get them spiritual scissors out and cut those things that are holding us back. Amen? Uh, the Spirit's here today. I was having a moment behind the screen earlier, and I've had so many words. God is God's putting a sword in our hands, and he's saying, yo, the devil's not winning. You're not coming home, and it's a two, three-week thing. You're going to realize, no, nah, this is forever. This is forever. Amen?
Amen. Some of the things that I'm talking about are laziness and passivity. You just, you just feel like, you know what, I, can't, I don't have to do what, what that person's telling me to do. I don't have to serve a church. I, have to, I don't have to. I don't. You're making all these excuses. Why? Because there's an inherent laziness. Or, well, that's a mindset problem. Maybe it's relationships. There are so many people I know, and I'm not just talking about like romantic relationships, I'm talking about friendships as well, where there's those, that person, those people that you start running for Christ and they make a comment like, stop, stop it. You're not about it. Those people that you deem as your friends and they're really telling you, you know what? You might have gone to New Day for a week, but don't forget who you really are. We know who you are. We know what you're like. We know what you've done. You can't pretend. You can't. You say, yeah, I've changed my life for Jesus, and they roll their eyes. Maybe it's that that needs to be, that needs to be cut off. Maybe it's, like me, addictions. Maybe you're addicted to gossip and slander. Yeah, you didn't think I'd say that one, did you? You see, there's some people where when there's information that's been given and you get some information, you have to go and tell someone else. You have to be like, yo, you never guess what they did. Oh, you never guess what they did. And most people think, oh, they're just a gossip. But you know deep down, you're actually, you can't stop yourself from going and sharing that information. And after a while, it's just like, I said I wasn't going to do this anymore, but I'm still tied to it. Maybe it's that. Maybe you're addicted to drugs or alcohol. You just can't quite say no and no one can quite tell, so it's fine, right? Or maybe when that lady walks past, you can't help but just to turn your head and have a look. You got a problem with lust. Or maybe like me, you're addicted to pornography and it's like you're so secretive and so ashamed by it. Eaten up by it like I was. You don't even want to, but you do. Man, I've shed tears over this thing. If you know some of the places I've been over this, you wouldn't believe that I'll be preaching right now. Maybe that's what it is. And every single time you say, Lord, I'm going 110% for you, you start running and it's like, no, you're not. Because you're still tied to this. Maybe it's that pride and that attitude. Maybe you just, you can't take it when people tell you what to do. Someone's been putting authority over you. You've got a, a teacher that tells you, yo, just sit there and you just kick up a fuss. Maybe when someone's looking at you the wrong way, you can't do anything but to challenge them. You've got this attitude, you've got this pride, you've got this status that you just can't let go of. Maybe that's the thing that's going to be holding you back. Or maybe it's, maybe it's fear and anxiety. You say you're going to go for God, you want to do things for God, you want to go out for God, you want to... But every time you start running, there's something in the back saying, hey, don't forget, you're a fearful person. Hey, don't forget, you're a shy person. Hey, don't forget, you're a nervous person. Hey, don't forget, you got anxiety. Hey, don't forget, you're a warrior. Every time that you try it, it's just like, nope, not today, again, again. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have fear. Today we're bringing out the scissors. Holy Spirit's doing some surgery today. These things are being cut, Amen. Things are being cut today. See, I remember, I remember when I was at university, I failed some exams, right? <coughs> I failed some exams at uni, and 
It was one of them ones where if I fail these exams, I'm out. Like I had retakes, and if I failed the retakes, done. And the course I was doing, if you fail in one university, the other universities aren't going to take you because they're like, you had the chance somewhere, we're going to give the chance to someone else that's applying. So I had three of the biggest exams of the year to retake. I flopped hard, yeah? And so I come to retake these exams, and my, my head of, my, my, essentially what I had teachers at uni, I don't know what they're called, like my head of year or whatever, she emailed me, and she said, yo, T, no one really passes free exams. She said, I'm going to really help you out here, and I shouldn't really even be doing this, but I'm going to allow you to retake the year. I'm going to allow you to go back to the beginning and retake the year, and you'll just do better next year. But just to let you know, people don't really pass free exams. And you know what? I said, no, nah, but what does God say? And I remember God said, no, 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 you're going to university to, to finish it now. And so I said, I've got the first part of the kingdom mindset, right? <laughs> I listened to what God says. I said, don't worry about it. You don't know about my God. I said, I'm going to take these exams. And I'm going to, I'm going to smash. Thank you so much, miss, for, for sending me that. But I'm going to go ahead. And she said, okay. I tried to help. And I'm revising, for these, I'm revising hard for these exams. And then, then life hits. You know when life hits you sometimes? <laughs> Someone felt it there. <laughs> oh, life hit me. See, we were going away on a trip with my church to Zimbabwe, and I went away, and I started to develop this weird eczema thing on my hands and on my feet. And it got really bad, so I couldn't walk. I was genuinely in so much pain. So every time that I tried to revise... All I, all I had was this pain in my feet. They were bandaged up every day and we were working tirelessly. And I'm like, raw. And I was going through a tricky time in a relationship as well. And that, that hits you. If anyone's been there before, you know that hits you. And then my revision, my actual revision wasn't, wasn't really going. I know people have been there before where it's like you're reading the stuff and it's just, you know what I'm talking about? That happens, right? And all of a sudden, I started to, I started to feel this like, I'm like, what is that? And it started growing. I'm like, I've got, I've got fear in my heart. As in, I'm feeling anxiety for the first time in my life. And this thing, it felt like it started in my heart and just grew to the point where I came back and I was landing and then going to take my, my two exams the next day. Right? So I landed and I was thinking, I'm in trouble. I'm going to fail God put me in this university and then there's a whole testimony behind it. I'm like, I'm going to fail this exam and it's over. I'm going to fail all three of them and it's going to be a disgrace. I'm going to have to walk back to my church, to the people that prayed over me saying, God is sending you. I'm going to be like, well, he sent me back. That's what I felt. It was like serious for the first time in my life. I felt the fear. And I remember I got home and my mom told me, she said, hey, T, how you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm right. And I grabbed my bag, I jumped in my car and I drove off to uni. And I went to the doctor straight away because these times I was on crutches, right? And I just thought, it's over. I was down. I felt like I was out. And then I hear a little ring from my dad. My dad starts calling me. And I picked up the phone and I said, hello. Hello, dad. He said, hello. He said, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm not doing good, you know. I'm not someone that normally opens up very much. I said, Dad, I'm not doing good. He said, yeah, your mom said, your mom told me. What's up? 
And I said, I'm, I said, I'm gonna fail. Now, side note, I'm Nigerian. <laughs> yeah? Which means that those words, I'm gonna fail, you, you don't really say that. Yeah? We're about education, that's a really important thing in a Nigerian household. And I said, I'm gonna fail. And I expected my dad in that moment to say something very different from what he actually said. But he said to me this, he said, see, I don't care. I don't care about your grades. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. I said, no. He said, I don't care about your grades. He said, but there is something, this is it, listen up. He said, there is something that I really, really, really care about right now. I said, yeah, dad, what is it? He said, I care that you get over this fear that's in your heart. <sighs> okay. He said, yeah, you might fail the exams. Okay. But what did God say? Have you, have you been seeking him first? I'm like, yeah, I just came back from a whole missionary strip in Zimbabwe. He said, yeah. And what does he say? If you seek him first and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Get over this fear because at the end of the day, you pass, you fell, where you end up is where you're meant to be and God will bless you in that place. Okay, okay, I said, I said, okay, okay. All right then, so I walked into the exams like, you know what? I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails, ever. And you see this fear that was in my heart? It started to shrink. And there were people that were telling me, yo, T, like, you got three exams, how are you going to do it? I said, hey, you don't, know my, you don't know my God. You don't know my God. And I went into those exams, and I did the first one, and the examiner was trying to pressure me, and I'm busting my answers to him, like, yeah, I hear that. And I did the second one, and then I came back, and I did the third one, and they said, how did it go? I said, oh, I don't know, I don't really mind. And it's, it's the fear was gone, the fear was gone, the fear was gone, and lo and behold, I passed all three exams. Oh, you see, feelings versus faith. You put all in God, where you end up is where you're meant to be. And if you walk in that freedom, in that strength, oh, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You see, when I, at the start, when I said that you were made with a purpose, you have a specific purpose, you have a task. God saw a gap on earth and said, you know what? I think, I think Sarah could fill that gap. Let's put her in her mother's room. Oh, there's something to be done in the kingdom over there in Norwich. Yeah, put, put Ben Rowe over there. Yeah, put him on earth. Put your name in there somewhere. See, God saw a gap and he said, I want that person to fulfill that gap. I want that person to fill that purpose. And there's people here that don't feel they have a purpose. I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. God's given you a purpose, a God-given purpose. But first, there's certain things we've got to cut off. Amen? And what did I say? Today, things are being cut off. Chains are falling. We need to just cut it so that we can actually go. We cut it, then we can go. Uh, I'm going to give one more analogy, man. I used to play rugby. Uh, and what, what happens is, we're playing rugby, and when I was younger, we, I used to break the line sometimes. And when I say break the line, I mean, it's me 
and the try line. It's me and the place I'm meant to score, and all I do is run. All you have to do is run and you put it down. But when I was younger, I had fear in my heart. And as I'm running with this fear, I hear footsteps behind me. And I start running and I think, oh no, oh no. And I start, I don't run in a straight line anymore. I start evading, I start dodging, I start moving, and suddenly I get tackled. But when it comes to overcoming fear, what happens sometimes? We might go home, you're going to go home, and you know what? The devil's going to probably try and attack you with that same thing that you were struggling with. Mine was, might be fear, mine might be addiction. Yours might be that, or laziness, or this, or that. You might have that. And what's going to happen is, you're going to break the line. You're going to feel like you've broken the line, and you're running for the try line, and then you're going to start hearing the footsteps coming. You're going to hear the footsteps coming, but... You know, someone might even hold onto your leg. One of those things might actually latch onto you, but remember what happened here today. You, you brushed those things off. You, they might hit you, and you know what? You might actually stumble. But remember who you are, and remember whose you are. Oh, the Bible says the same power that conquered the grave lives inside of me. Oh, I've got a different walk now. So when those things come, and you might stumble, and you might fall, remember, I'm here as an instrument for the Almighty to see his kingdom come, to have a kingdom mindset, which will lead to kingdom influence and <laughs> allow for a kingdom culture. Come on, stand up with me, stand up with me, stand up with me. Uh, I want everyone to stand up. Be real quiet when you're standing up, though. Be real quiet because we're going to invite the Holy Spirit here today. We're going to sing a song as well. No talking, no talking to the people next to you. We're going to do something together. Oh, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good. No for harm. We're going to read out the Lord's Prayer together. We're going to read out the Lord's Prayer together because it says something there. It says, your kingdom come and your will be done. And I want you to feel like you're a part of that. That you're a part of the instruments that are going to see God's kingdom come. I want you to hold your hands up to heaven. And say it with me. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.